Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, a conversation about literature and art, about duende and queerness and coping and tea, border blur and misfits and community, secret places, ragged edges. Angel House Press. I'm your host, Amanda Earle. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks. This is episode 95. I'm Amanda Earle, and I'm here with Sarah Lifsick of Ethel Zine and Micropress. Hi, Ethel. I mean, hi, hi Sarah. Now I called you Ethel. It's okay. It's <laughs> interchangeable. People people sometimes call me Angela because I run Angel House Press so I, or Angel, so sometimes I get that too. So hi, Sarah. Thanks for coming on the show. And thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. This is uh, this is a uh, uh, so this year I've been focusing a lot on uh, on small presses. So that's uh, and also reading series. So that's what uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on. Plus, I really I really admire what you do, and I've, I've had work published by you as well. So it just seems like a like a good thing to uh, to do. What would you like listeners to know about you, Sarah? Not much. I don't know. Um, me personally, um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm very like shy. So, um, yeah. like, what do people? I don't know. Do people need to know much about me? I live in Philly right now, Philadelphia. Um, I work on Ethel a lot. <laughs> I'm very behind. <laughs> uh, I'm a writer myself. Um, yeah, yeah. You had you had a book that came out in twenty eighteen, if I'm I, I'm not mistaken. What was the, what's the or, or yeah, it was, uh, Black, it was with Black Lawrence Press, uh, a book of poems. What was the title of it? Um, we are hopelessly small and modern birds. That's a great title. I remember when I when I saw the title, I thought, oh, that immediately wa- wants me to, you know, I, I, I'm surprised I don't have it yet, but it makes me want to read the read it because it's just such a great, uh, a great title. We were just talking about before, uh, before we started, um, we were taught, well, before we started um, the episode, we were talking about what about, uh, well, you were, I, you were mentioning you were drinking tea. I am also drinking tea. What kind of tea are you drinking? I'm drinking sweet cinnamon spice tea. <laughs> nice, very nice. I I have Irish breakfast right now because I'm um I plan to go to an open mic later on uh, in the this evening, so I wanted to have something more caffeinated. So plus Irish breakfast is my favorite tea. So, but I love cinnamon too. So <laughs> it's good to know. Yeah. That. I, I yeah I I I I claim on the on the um, podcast that it's also about tea and yet I've rarely talked about tea so I realize well I should be talking more about tea I want to talk about tea I oh, love yeah I like all kinds of teas so. <laughs> yeah me too I tend to prefer black teas to other kinds but it's not that I I like other kinds but my favorites are black teas and then recently I've gotten into coffee more than I used to so which is uh which is just a current, I, I go through different cravings, but uh, but we'll see what the winter will bring. <laughs> I'm trying to remember when I first heard of Ethelzine and Micropress, and I really can't. I mean, I feel like I just, um, I, it could have been because of Ghost City Press or something, like just through another, uh, but yeah, because sometimes what happens is um, 
other presses publish work by people and I see a name or I or, or maybe it was just on on social media like on Twitter or something like that one of my yeah, I think uh, I published your yes you, you, mini book in like the first year was it 2019 or it, I started it in 2018 so yeah I, yeah I think yours is early on yeah, it was it was great. It was um I love that little chapbook. My chapbook Lament Doll and, and I was really pleased. And also I I had um I had had work in um in one of the issues of Ethelzine which actually volume 4 which was yet yeah, was 2019 as well, August 2019. So that was my first thing that I sent uh I sent a poem that uh, that you accepted and I thought, "Oh, oh, she's amenable to this kind of work. Okay then." <laughs> you know, which is what happens, right? I mean, usually uh, so that's good. So can you tell, um, what would you like people to know about Ethelzine? Well, um, I started in 2018 and I started it because my friend Joanna um, suggested I start it because I, in my free time back then, I would sort of collect work from friends and then like sew them into little books. Um, so she suggested that I start a press doing the same thing um, so I started it to kind of, I didn't want to be like a press that just like sends it to a printer and I wanted to like sort of do something that seemed a little different. I know there are small presses that the other ones that hand make, but very limited amount. So for me, the focus is on um, the fact that, that each book is like, I sew every cover and then I bind every book. Um, so that's really important to me. Um, and and then I also do a twice yearly like journal of a, a bunch of people's writing, which is and it's the same thing, sort of handmade. Yeah, it's it's very it's it's very exciting when you see that that I mean it's so colorful and it's so tactile too. Like the process of um of um like doing the sewing and the hand stitching as well and hand binding, it must take a lot of time for you to do that when you it does. Um I'm the type of person that always like I need to be busy all the time yeah. because I I think it's like an anxiety thing um or in a depression thing like so um I've always been I've always had like something that I'm working on so in a way it's good I think I got myself into doing too much and now I'm a little overwhelmed because like <laughs> it's more than one person can do um so I'm I'm having to learn how to like be better at not accepting more work than I can handle. Um, yeah. I have a hard time saying no when I really like something, so. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I know, I know with Angel House Press, it was always, uh, it's always, well, we, we used to do chapbooks and then we had to stop because we had to give up something in <laughs> all the different things. Yeah. We, we just do the online magazines now, but um, I'm really interested in the idea too, that you, you started out by collecting your friend's work and making them into little booklets. That must've been really lovely for people to receive. They must've been really happy to, uh, to have that chance. Yeah. Did you give them as gifts? Yeah. yeah that's nice. And so have you, were yeah, you I just gave everyone a few. I just gave everyone a few, you know, books that that I made or whatever that was in it. That's really great. Oh, and and uh, what uh, what? How did you decide? Like, what is it about um, in that case? Because um, you probably like like all of us, we have lots of friends who are writers, right? So it's sort of a, how did you decide? Was there something in particular about someone's work that made you want to do, put put it in a book for them like that, or what did you? Um, um 
<clears throat> I think it was just that I just, um, it was more just asking my friends for work. And I don't know why I wanted to do it, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. The idea just came to me, I guess. Well, it's 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 a pretty nice idea, I have to say. It's 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 very good. And and uh, I was I was up on the site, and I've counted at least sixty five chapbooks and zines so far. And uh, it's it's so uh, that was when and you started in twenty eighteen. So that's a lot for for such a for yeah. such a few years. Um, so um, yeah, I guess. Um, do you when you how do you manage to get it all done? Like, do you sit in front of Netflix or something, and or listen to podcasts like ours, or how do you? How do you spend the time? Where where do you uh, when do you find your? Time? I do like sometimes I'll listen to music, sometimes I'll listen to podcasts, sometimes um, I'll put like a show on or something just to distract myself because um, it can be t tedious at times. But um, yeah, so all sorts of different ways of kind of passing the time. <laughs> right. And and I find what the covers are all all very interesting too. They often have, and I've I've I don't know how to describe the material you use for the. It's like a mylar or something. I don't know what. Yeah, the, it's a vellum, like transparent vellum. Vellum. That's it. I forgot the word vellum. It went. It left my head. So yeah, <laughs> it's really neat. It's a really neat thing. And then you often you have art that you've hand stitched. So I and you've also got pieces of fabric, sequins, and all kinds of different things. Do you must have like, do you just sort of collect all this stuff? And then eventually, it just sort of happens to go in the right place. And you Yeah, yeah, I do. I have like, like old buttons that my great aunt gave me um, oh, yeah. when she passed. And so I finally was able to use those on a book. And then I just love handmade papers. So I'll just buy them and then eventually use them for a book or yeah do you find with the pandemic it was harder to get access to paper and stuff like that at all i know some presses have been telling me it's been a bit harder um not really there was one company that i ordered a lot of my vellum from that was like a good price and they shut down so that was difficult but otherwise oh. It hasn't, I haven't had that much trouble. I also don't do like such a large amount of books that it's that difficult, you know. Right. Like I'm not printing like hundreds of each book. So. No, I hope not. Because if you had, to... <laughs> I mean, you're still, I mean, how many, Um, you do like something like 40 of a, of a chapbook, 40 copies of a chapbook usually? I upped it to 60 to, because of the awesome. subscription, like people that get subscriptions um so I I upped it recently um so I usually do about a first run of 60 and then some people need want more after that um and then the the um the journal I do about 150 of wow <laughs> yeah because I give a I give out like one free contributor copy and then yeah. um some to try to sell to make back some of the production costs. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's sort of almost unheard of. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. So what where did your interest in chapbooks come from? Do you think where did you what you what's your first memory of a chapbook? Um I don't remember like the first chapbook I ever yeah. read, but um I think my I had like a couple chapbook. I had a chapbook with Dancing Girl Press. That was my oh, first yeah. chapbook I had published, and then another with um, I don't know if it's still around. It was called Little Red Leaves Textile oh, yeah. Series. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's how I started to like uh, 
become interested in chat books was like seeing what other people were doing um and yeah i don't know what what attracted you to the chapbook for as a form like as as a both a writer and as a, as a publisher um i like the i like how it's a sort of a self-contained unit of i don't know like um Well, I feel like it's easier to hand like to hand make chapbooks than full length books for one thing. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you know you have your chapbook published, you can still publish that work in another longer book, which is great. Um, but yeah, I think it's just the size of them that they're a little smaller and um, contain like less work. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot. I had I had a publisher who turned down. Um, um, my um uh, a book length manuscript because i had um one of the sections was uh, had been already published as a limited edition chapbook of only oh. 26 copies so that Weird. was yeah but and that was like that's the only time that's ever happened but I'm, i think mostly no one no one it's not a it's not a problem it's, it becomes different when it's in within a, a a different space too right it's not so i don't know what that's about yeah i mean chapbooks there's so much to love about a chapbook i i the i first uh, heard i i hadn't even heard of chapbooks until i started to get involved in ottawa's literary community and then it was through um, a creative writing um, course that I was taking that I that I found out about them. And it wasn't wasn't a word that I was even familiar with, and the whole concept of. And it's just fantastic because you can you can trade. I love also that you can trade them. Like you can go to a small person, you can give them to like you, you can do. There's just a lot of you can stick them in, in the library shelves. You know, yeah, they're, they're very uh, they're just very handy to. Um, and they're very lovely too. And also, I think in the case of, I had uh, one year, I had a, I guess it was, it might have been 2020 or 2019, maybe, I'm not sure. I had a subscription to Ethel Zine, and I, I really love the variety of work that fit in the size of a chapbook from collections to like uh, of individual poems to long poems. And, and so there's a lot, it's got a lot of variety and you do a lot with it. I think the form, you do a lot as a publisher, you do a lot. Uh, I like, for, I, I love, for instance, um, the covers and sometimes the covers are um, the artwork of that of also the author of the chapbook, which is yeah, cool. yeah. And one of the one of the artists that I really um I, I saw quite a bit of who I really liked was uh, Joe Gibb. Like I really like uh, I, I really like Joe's work. Uh, they really uh, it's really really uh, neat stuff. Like it's 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 just like I would say that um, your press has a personality that's very strong and I, I but in in a really lovely way like because it's so tactile and it makes you want to read the work like i would say that the the design that you do and the, the way it's so handmade it does it absolutely does make it <laughs> yeah there's a place for um for a stapled and and there's a place for everything so i but i really do like that so um um so what came first for um your press the chapbooks or the zines what did you do first um, I did actually the zine first, which the first one was like um, Joanna and I just asked our friends for, for work. Right, right. That was like kind of the first issue. Um, and then I think after the first couple of of the zines, I thought about doing chapbooks. So I did one of Joanna's chapbooks sort of as a, a first, like a test run for to see how it would be to do chapbooks um and then yeah I guess it was well, well received so um I think I only had like Facebook back then 
and so I just put out a thing saying like does any would anyone want like you know and then I you know there were a few people so and then it just kind of has grown uh since then yeah it's pretty and, and Joanna her her name has come up a few times now so where where did you meet Joanna um at um my MFA program in like 2007 I think um and then we became friends and uh, so we've been friends for a long time yeah that's great and, and, and that's that's uh that's really neat and and she's the one who sort of inspired you to start the press so that's yeah. that, that's a really neat thing uh um and do you have any particular aesthetics for the zine and chat books any any like for the actual work and uh, for the not really i i like to combine as many different kind of styles as possible yeah. um, there's nothing in particular i'm looking for um, well you can really see it in the in the, because for instance that there'll be in the zines there'll be fiction as well as poetry and there'll be different styles of poetry too and, and and different styles of everything really is there anything that you'd like to publish that you haven't yet something that you you'd love to get uh you know some kind of uh type of work or you've got sometimes you have some visual poetry in there too a little bit yeah I mean more I think more maybe more experimental stuff more I like to publish translation um, as well yeah. and I haven't done a lot of that so yeah maybe more of that <laughs> what uh, what makes you interested in translations so you you've got um what well, I really loved it actually where is it I've, I've got it on hand here the one I I think it's now it's it's missing the uh, the um, the poetry of Vasilisk Onedov, um, translated from the Russian by Emilia Loseva and Danny Winkler, and and that was a that was a great uh, yeah I really love that and that was that the is that the only thing you've ha done as a translation so far? Yeah, there's a couple pieces like in the journal, but that's the only full book that I've done that I've done so far. Yeah. Um, and I like I had never heard of him, but his his poetry is great. It's very wild. Um, it's very wild. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. And, and you know, I have to say, one of the things that really excited me about um, about your press was reading the about Ethel in the back of the. I mean, can, would you mind if I just read this? Uh, sure, sure. I don't know if they change, but this is this is the one they that's, do. Yeah. Okay. So um, the one I'm reading is from Volume Four of Ethel from August 2019, which is the one I was in. So. When Ethel was the true mother of a solitary fish, dirty and enormous, she wrote this with her tongue in the snow. In a ceremony for secret handwriting, when her stomach was bloated and full of the sea. Once in the springtime of her heightened state, in a forest of her own making, with fingers like dried fish bones, Ethel drew a fake effigy. Who led us into hell, it said. Outside the library of miniature dresses, posing in the very psychological posture of a bird, Ethel was once gnostic enough. When Ethel eats dark rocks on her knees, blindfolded in the prayer closet with her gown on, she receives secret messages from the doorbell. Once in a film about dolls, Ethel was a hidden tourist in the corridor with her dagger drawn. She was crying like a rooster at midnight in a house where all of the lights had been left on. Like, that's just fantastic. Like, that just, that totally, like, as soon as I read that, I knew, like, I, I, I you know, at this point, I'm ready to send you everything I've done. <laughs> you know, but it's just so inviting. And so, first of all, so different. Like, it's not your typical, you know, 
this press was founded in XYZ, which is something we all we all do. A lot of us do. You know, it's I mean, it's hard to avoid. What made you decide to uh, go with a less um, straightforward, shall we say, um, biography of the press? Um, I think I well, it allows me to like actually spend some time working on my own writing in a way um, because I don't really do that very much. So I think for me, it's like partially that like that I can like have a reason that I, you know, like, oh, I need to write this about Ethel so I can like take some time to be like work on my own stuff. Um, and yeah, I think I just wanted it to be like more interesting and not like so straightforward. Um, like imagining this like other world that Ethel exists in. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just so, it's just so fanciful and so unusual too. Like, again, uh, it's just, um, it's whimsical and I have this thing for whimsy, right? So I, I, I like whimsy. So I, I was immediately attracted to that. And I think, I think when people read that and it's on the site as well, I think there's, there's a, a, a variation of it on the site. I think when people read that, those of us who actually, well, there, there's the dog. What's there the dog? Are. What's the dog? Velma. Uh, Velma. Okay. Is there Louise? <laughs> no, there's another one, but her name's not Louise. Her name's Shido. <laughs> okay, Shido. We have dogs often guest star on the on the on the program, so okay. I should be calling the the small machine talks and dogs bark. <laughs> yeah. I'm I, I'm totally in favor of uh, whatever um, conversations the uh, the animals would like to contribute to the the program as well. It's only fair. Yeah. So <laughs> so, so yeah. So I, I so I think that yeah that that description is really inviting. And it really is going to inspire a lot of people, especially people who write um, a lot of uh, more surrealist type stuff as well. Is that is something that you uh, are interested? Well, you're writing at least a, a, in that contemporary yeah, collage type style. Drawn to like yeah. you know when it comes to like reading. I mean, I try to read. I like to read like a variety, but I really am drawn to more surrealist kind of weird worlds that people create <laughs> me too did you find like when you started ethelstein did you find that there was some um, um there were a lot of places that would take that kind of work like did you find because i know I, I hear i find it a little difficult or i have i i see this a bit more off and on but i often find it difficult to find play well i have difficulty finding because i write a lot of long poems and poem series it's, it's hard because it's hard to figure out how to excerpt those and yeah you know, you get calls for submission that say, send us five poems. And I understand that that makes sense. But for me, I, I could have a poem that's 40 pages long, you know, right. so, but do you, do you find that um, you were able to like, uh, for instance, maybe place your own work in, in journals? Um, I guess it's mostly U.S. journals that you. Yeah. Um, I have, I mean, so I don't submit very much. Um, I, I haven't in like a long time. I used to a little more. I mean, I have some publications. I don't have a ton, but I also haven't like tried very hard. Yeah. It's, just, it's like, I feel like I don't have the energy to deal with like all of that. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. And, and, and I know like, um, it's like, there's often, and I, I, I'm afraid I'm, I'm guilty of this myself, but I mean, it's just often 
when you get a lot of submissions as a publisher and and they're in a in a form that you can't necessarily easily work with it's easy just to say uh please don't send this kind or send this kind of document or whatever but i i, I things are getting easier so it's like we're, we're having we have a little uh, trouble with pdfs and stuff like that but you know like it, it's just um I, i'm trying to be more open to various people's formats because not everyone can and also spend the time and, and there's a lot of reasons why the other thing i think that's important about your press too is the fact that you do you do prioritize marginalized people in in, in your you know what you publish and and by the topics too i feel like there's a lot at least i read i read through my my subscription final finally get a chance to read everything and that's one, one of the things that really um you know, was something I was really pleased about that there is this um, emphasis on uh, marginalized uh, people and also on topics to do with um, with um, those issues as well. So I thought that was really uh, really great. I really liked, for instance, um, um, Francis Cannon's Predator Prey. I thought that was a very strong work. Uh, yeah. So. So there's a lot, but I mean, it's hard to, I mean, I don't want to like, because there's just so many, I have, do, I, I'm, a, I'm afraid I'm a dog year of pages. So yeah. Oh, I do that too. Yeah. Oh, you do, eh? I get in trouble. I get in trouble from people uh, for dog earing my pages, oh. but not actually not often uh, poets because they usually um, like that when I, when I come to them with a book full of dog ears. So that's, yeah. but there's a lot of um, really great thing. Um, can you talk about a particular design challenge? Has there been anything that's been sort of like you, maybe you or the author have had an idea and then you haven't been able to, or it's been a little tricky to do or something that took you longer than you expected or. Um, trying to think. I mean, I think the more challenging ones have been when people are trying to get permission to use certain images, but I don't usually, I usually leave that to the author to deal with. <laughs> um, um, so, you know, and then some people are just more particular than others, but that, I mean, that's not like a big deal. Um, I always get really a lot of anxiety before I have to start designing a cover because I always have this thing like I'm not going to be able to like come up with something and I get really stressed out but that's yeah <laughs> um yeah so sometimes people just want me to come up with something other times you know they have an image they want to include yeah um sometimes that can be more tricky if I'm not if I I don't know if it's like an image that I don't love or something but i still try to honor what the author wants for their book oh yeah that, that i would yeah I, I for lament doll i gave you the um the the uh the doll from um this yeah. it, I, but i got my i got permission from it was from a museum of i can't remember it was i i can't remember the title of the museum but it was a on facebook and it was a local um writer who had created this uh, museum of uh it was that wasn't creepy dolls but it was some i think they were they were orphans or something like this yeah. And so when I saw this doll, I really, I really wanted, like I sort of, I downloaded it and then I asked him permission. I said, if I yes. ever do a chapbook or something, can I use this on the cover? And I, I gave him a copy of the chapbook actually. So it was, uh, but that was, and you did a nice job on the, on that. Well, <laughs> so, that was easy. I didn't really yeah. have to do anything. Just well, send it to the printer. So. Yeah. Well, you didn't, you didn't stitch around the baby, which is probably, <laughs> you know, like this probably makes sense. But yeah, I mean, when I look too at some of the, like, for instance, some of the issues of Ethelzine, like I have, um, in front of me um one that's uh particularly um 
thick. Yeah, volume six um, from 20, August 2020. Like, that's quite thick. Like, that was a lot. What made you decide to, um, in that case, uh, did you just, you just couldn't say no to all of the great work? Or how do you, how yeah, do the, you? The past few issues have been really thick. Um, part of it was, um, I got really depressed in 20, I don't know, 2020 or something. Mm -hmm. And I kind of stopped keeping track of everything. So I just like didn't keep track of how many pieces I had accepted really. And then when I started putting the issue together, I was like, oh my gosh, this is really big. <laughs> um, and I, that's happened with a few issues where I just, it's like a depression thing, I think. Like I, yeah. I mean, I love being able to publish issues like that but it's like very expensive and um harder because i used to give like two or three contributor copies to everyone but i had to only give start giving one because of like it's really expensive to ship and all that so um i think i want to go back to like kind of smaller issues um because it is a little overwhelming to do such large issues for just because i'm one person well that's it and and also even just doing the binding must be even a little bit more difficult because it's thicker and, and just yeah. like get, get it through and all that stuff yeah it's, it's interesting to me that you're talking about um depression too as as something and anxiety as the, these issues as um kind of like doing this work has kind of maybe helped you kind of cope with those things and, and and those those so that's 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 something good i think maybe uh, listeners would be appreciate knowing that because believe me uh, there's there's a lot i mean obviously there's a lot of that especially now especially yeah. how do you find did you find that um have you been finding that covid and um is something that uh has has sort of made you need to maybe do more like that or, or is it like help working with um the zines and the and the chapbooks or has it had the opposite effect for you it probably depends on the moment really <laughs> I think it's hard to say because yeah. like, when COVID started I had just moved across country and so like everything I think was just a struggle um I think it helped me to have something to focus on or like something that I had to get like do you know like oh I gotta get out of bed because I have to work on Ethel type of thing um yeah uh it's hard to say like exactly how i mean i know like just the whole covid thing in general it's probably contributed to my depression and so forth but i don't know exactly how in a way i don't know because i'm kind of like a i'm not a social person anyway so like you know having to be secluded wasn't really that big of a deal to me but yeah i don't know I had um I I, I um was uh, talking to a guy um a, a, a homeless guy on the street and early on in the pandemic and I said how are you how are you coping with all this he said well you know for me um, this anxiety level this is my standard so now I see everybody else in this in this mode so it's kind of a relief in a way <laughs> so that was interesting too that was an interesting and now you have to learn how to how to cope with all this just like me so uh, yeah. I was I thought that was a good uh, a good point um I, what about I mean one of the things I like too is this I the, there there are different styles but one of the one of the styles is the sort of smaller pocket-sized chat books and I, I have to say I am a, a real lover of the small um in every sense so uh, what what appeals to you about this style of uh, the small pocket size the mini chat books I guess so well, I haven't really seen a lot of like really tiny chapbooks, I think. So 
I don't know. I was just, I just thought like, oh, it'd be cool to do something really small. Um, and it fits some people's work perfectly just to have something really tiny. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think they're, it's fun to make. <laughs> There's a press here in uh, in Canada, in, in Kingston, Ontario, Puddles of Sky Press. Michael Castiles runs it, and he does. That's what he he does. Okay. Small and and he does a lot of. He uses letterpress and a lot. He does some binding too. And often you will find Michael at a small press fair doing the stitching while while he's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Quite common. Do you in in Philadelphia? Do you have uh, small press fairs and stuff like that? Or um, there's a. Philly Zine Fest coming okay. up, which I'm gonna and like I I had to email them so I'm like I'm not exactly a zine. I mean I'm not, I guess a zine is like a very broad, but I was like, is it okay? You know, and they were like, it's fine. But um, so I don't know if there's like a small press. I have I'd have to like research that a little more. Is it but something I, you would like to be take part in? Do you think or for Ethel Zine? Yeah, I mean, I would. I I have a hard time, like again, with like the anxiety, like yeah. getting out of the house. But um, I would probably do it if one was like gonna be around. Like I'm, I'm gonna go to the zine, the zine fest with Ethel. Well, that's great. Yeah, we have we have well Ottawa. We have the Ottawa Small Press Book Fair is coming up here again on November twelfth. I'm not attending. I'm a little bit too nervous about. Um, about being in a room full of people who can just come in without masks and oh yeah so i, I i'm still kind of and i i feel like we're we're heading into the big eighth wave so i'm as and i'm vaxxed up to the max now i've got my fifth you know so okay. but i'm still too i'm still nervous because i've had um health issues and stuff so i have to be extra careful but i still uh, i i have a pang of I don't want to miss this. Uh, and, uh, unfortunately, I think I have to this time around. I've been to lots. Uh, Rob McLennan runs it. He's oh, okay. He started it back in um, in um, well, it's it's been going for something like twenty years or twenty five years. Okay. Yeah, so I have an issue of guests that I just um, oh, good. edited that should be coming out soon. Great, great. That's it. I mean, the, the thing about Rob, like, and I noticed when I was when I was googling you, Rob, there was Rob with a, you know, first of all, with um a, re, a little review of your of your book, yeah. and then he was with periodicities with you know asking you about the press as well. So he's everywhere. He's yeah. all. <laughs> and Little Red Leaves was I saw a chat the first time I heard of Little Red Leaves was um, was a chat book that he had had put out. Oh, okay. And I loved it. I like loved the stitching. I hadn't seen at that point anything like that. So yeah, it's like fabric that. Yeah. Ends, yeah. Fabric. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I love that sort of thing. I have no talent at all in, in that. My husband is better at sewing than I am. He has no time, but he is actually quite good at that stuff. So yeah, that is a beautiful thing. So um, and you so you have a subscription service. What's uh, what's the subscription service? Can you just talk about that? Yeah, I do a full and a half. So the full subscription is you get almost everything. Like if I run out of a book, you might not get it, but um, <laughs> you, and I, I do a lot. It's like, I don't know, almost 30, maybe like 25 to 30 books in a year yeah. total. So, and that's like, I've only been charging a hundred dollars for it. And I'm like, well, this is a lot of books for, and then the half subscription is $50 and you get like, you know, like a, sampling of all the books like half the books kind of that I publish. and what made you decide to uh, when when did you start that when did you uh it was a couple of years ago i think 
Uh, I don't know why. I, someone might have suggested it to me. Um, and I think I've just seen the other presses do it. And I was like, oh, this is a good idea. And it's a way to like help to make money to keep the press running. Right, um, right. Like just like another option of, yeah. And it's, I think it's a good deal <laughs> because of how many books great. people get. It's a great deal. And it, and it's really lovely to get them. I mean, I, I, I've had a few subscriptions to bear, I've yours and a few other um, above ground press. I always do, but with above ground press now, because I have so many, because he puts out so many, I had yeah. to change. I asked him if I could just have, like, if he could just send me the PDFs, which is yeah. <laughs> heresy because, you know, you like to have the physical copy, but I just, I have, I don't have any more space and I don't want to get rid of the ones I have yeah. so anymore. So, so yeah, that's it. And I, I, I have, I get a few, like I've had, um, there's, um, uh, a couple of British um, um, book companies that I have subscriptions to, uh, Broken Sleep Books. Okay. And I, well, not now. I did have a, I think I did have a subscription, or maybe I didn't do a, oh, maybe I didn't do a subscription. I thought about doing a subscription to them. Maybe I didn't. Uh oh. But I got lots of their books. And then Fly on the Wall Press, which is a, a great, uh, pre another great press out of the UK as well. But uh, my, my issue as a publisher when I was doing chapbooks is that um, with, I didn't want to commit to the number of, uh, of um like i because i mean you you know then you have to like you can't just say well one year you're gonna only do like three chapbooks or something right so, so i was i'm really leery of commitment it's just strange because i've been running a lot of things for a long time and but uh, even i live in an apartment one of the reasons is i don't want to i want to be able to like leave um you know be able to leave it with only 60 days notice yeah my husband and i have lived here next year it'll be 20 years so oh, wow. <laughs> i don't know but the idea of commitment is 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 scary to me yeah i think subscription services are are neat ideas especially after you've been maybe in, in around for a little while so you know that you're going to keep going and stuff yeah. like what about do you do ever do like pre-orders that's another way that some publishers help it helps to press us to make a little bit of the it's a help with the advance costs and stuff like that yeah i started doing it some people like have requested it so i will do it um and i feel like it also would help with um if i did it more often with like knowing how many books i need to get made like you know yeah if there's a ton of pre-orders and i might because sometimes like i'll run out and then i have to get more printed and i'm like oh if i did a pre-order i would have known that i would have needed extra <laughs> printed right. It seems like it, I feel like uh, that you you have an engaged reader base. Like I feel like they're giving you suggestions and 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 you know really being engaged and and in, in, in the which is really nice. It feels like you have a community around you of of um, of fans of Ethel. I think that's that's really great. Do you? Uh, I get what's uh, what else? Um, I asked you about that. Uh, I was going to ask you too, and this isn't a question I sent you ahead of time, but do you have any advice for anyone who's thinking of starting a, a like a micro press or a small press? Any any thoughts? On um, I think one thing would be to like pace yourself. Like don't um don't accept too much work. Like <laughs> I don't know, because yeah, I mean I just like without thinking kind of like really overwhelmed myself so <sighs> start small I guess um and just another hard part of it is like financially like I mean I've often had to like especially at the beginning I've had to like use my own money to like you know get it going it's mostly self-sustaining now but sometimes like I get really low on funds and I'm like oh how am I gonna keep you know doing this so i mean that's like another thing to consider is like 
how are you going to fund it? Because like, in order to have a nonprofit and get grants, you re you really need like a staff of people. <laughs> I mean, it's like oh, no. that in itself is a lot of work. So yeah, we have an issue here where at least as far as I know, like I run also bywords.ca, which is a local literary site, but we also have an online um, magazine and we have one chapbook a year that we put out in, in an award. And uh, we, we're able to get funding because we focus geographically, like you have to be a current or former Ottawa student or resident. But for Angel House Press, we I publish people from all over the world. And because of not having, and also I don't, like I don't restrict myself I, to one specific genre. So those two things make it, make it difficult to get funding. And to be honest, I, I, I do just doing my own grant proposals and also the proposal for bywords is enough for me. I yeah. find it's just an, it's already um, too much um, yeah. uh, grant writing and stuff. So I just find I, I can't do that, but at least, um, well, you know, last year we started the crowdfunding campaign um, yeah. that you uh, so graciously uh, donated to Ethel, Ethel Zine. So uh, that was great. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do it again this year. We're able to pay our, our contributors to nationalpoetrymonth.ca and also we'll be paying our Experiment O contributors that comes out in hopefully by, before the end of this uh, next month. So it's going well. So thanks to thanks to all of the um, all of the presses that and I'll be asking people again. This I, I, I have it on my calendar. Start um, basically organizing everything in, at the beginning of November. Are you are you a planner for your for the press? Like, do you do you make sort of plans in advance or do you kind of just see how things are going and, and take it? From well, I have like so for 2023, I have everything already booked um, and then I've kind of stopped accepting submissions because I need to, for one thing, I need a break from reading submissions. And yeah. also I think I want to really make an effort to stop, like, to not do, overbook myself, like keep like making it so that I, like, I really want to catch up and then be able to have more time like I don't yeah I don't know so <laughs> I'm, I plan but not very well you know <laughs> yeah well yeah the other thing too about um about that is that um I find I can get overwhelmed with planning like you know I have so many lists and then if I have I'll get then I'll start to feel sort of just it, it's too much. So you have there's kind of I like I love spreadsheets and I love calendars and all this but I have to be careful that I don't do too much. I I find planning gives me some joy, like to because this is all for me too, a labor of love. So it's fun. Like for the podcast next year, I've already got uh, people booked uh, for for that. You know, not the whole year, but uh, you know, um, sort of enough far in advance. And I start to make dreams about different things that I want to do. And I'm trying not to start new things because I have a tendency to to start. Uh, I'll 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 say, oh, that would be really cool to do that kind of a project, and then I try to. That's it. And uh, yeah, so um, can you talk about current and forthcoming publications? Sure. Um, well, the I'm trying to still get the summer issue of Ethel <laughs> um, out. So it's going to be more of a late fall. I have like half the pieces in a PDF and I still need to get the other half in and then get it proofed and then sent to the printer. Um, and then for the rest of the year, I have, um, what is, who do I have? So Moira J. Saucer, um, her book will be coming out. Um, it's like available for pre-order. And Anuja Gamire 
is also her book is available for pre-order um and then I have I still have like oh like and the have chapbooks by Anne Whitehouse Madeline Barnes Ken Pobo uh, Amy Bobeda. I have like a lot of chapbooks. I'm, try I'm trying to get out by January. Wow. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a little overwhelmed, but. Well, I hope I hope that it uh, I hope that it is is it's uh, still somewhat of a delight to do as well. It's it's delightful to uh, to um, to read. I mean, I had a lot of fun reading through these in the last. Uh, Last month, I've been, you know, spending a lot of time with the, with the chapbooks that I have and the zine. So uh, it's great. Is there anything else you'd like to say before I read the little note of praise that I like to read at the end of? Uh... Oh, um, well, just thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I've loved being connected to you through like publishing your work and on social media. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Well, it's really nice. And this is the first time we're, we're meeting, well, because Zoom is the only way anyone's meeting. Yeah. I guess it's starting to be more. But anyway, it's really nice to meet you as well. So this is my nice, um, this is my note of praise, I should say. Anthelzine and Micropress's hand-stitched covers are colorful and inviting. The handbook, the handbound books are tactile. The press is a welcome space for marginalized writers and has a queer and feminist focus. When reading the zines and chapbooks, I enjoyed the variety of styles which range from translation and language play to surrealist prose poems, the ones I had anyway. I also love the sense of whimsy of the press. The work published is delightful and serious. I'm impressed with the level of work and commitment of the publisher. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks to Sarah for being on the show, to Jennifer Peterson for the intro and outro, to Charles O for processing, and to you for listening to and sharing the episodes each month. Stay tuned for future episodes with Hemp Press in 2022, plus another episode in our ongoing poetic series in December, and a whole new thread I'll announce later for 2023. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Small Machine Talks. The Small Machine Talks.